it's something to also go back to and be like, hey, this part, this here's the results of this poll. Yeah, so, I don't know, just a talking point. Yep. Oh, all right. Hey, it's us. Yay! 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 Welcome to Talking Heads, everyone. Episode 270, your once weekly live show for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. I'm John. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you all so much for joining us on this Wednesday night or in podcast form over on Anchor.fm or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. We also do clips on Craft Extra if you can't bother to watch the entire two hours because who has that kind of time? If you've never okay. seen the show before, we talk beer, we talk tech, we talk games, pop culture, entertainment, usually some Star Trek. All Super Chats are read on the air, so long as they will not permanently demonetize my channel. We do drink alcohol on the show, and if you're drinking along with us, alcoholic or not, let us know in the chat, and we'll give some early show shoutouts as we go along. Last but not least, if you'd like to take part in the super secret chat and the even more super secret after party, think about joining the Patreon. Link is down in the video description. As a bonus, you'll get exclusive access to my Discord server, where you can chat with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all the hosts of Talking Heads, and take part in the awesome community that hangs out over there. Yes. Yes, yes, it yes. Is. Yes, yes, yes. Do that. What he said. Yes. Do that. You know. Also, if you're watching, hit that like button. <laughs> like, subscribe, <laughs> leave a comment, chat, all, fun all those fun things. Join the chat. Yes, join the chat. Be active. It's fun. Yep. Already got a super <sighs> chat. DJ sends over uh, one Canadian ruple. Much appreciated. Thank you, DJ. Oh, it's his first super chat, too. Nice. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Oh, how's it going, John? Uh yeah. <laughs> a lot of lot of fun at my work. My boss, uh, I think he told me, and I probably forgot, and no, and no one else in the office knew, but he had to fly to Minnesota for to hook up some of the networking equipment that we got for a Minnesota office. So he's been gone for like four days. Um, actually, it's funny. He messaged me. He uh he bought a soda, put it in his car went into the uh you know the office came back the soda froze and exploded because it's one degree there yeah <laughs> uh but because of that you know there's more work on my end and it just happened to be a feature on the website which i am not a web designer but they're like well you're it fix it i'm like i don't i don't know what's wrong with this <laughs> and then what's really bad is i go to an archive version and it works there and then I okay, I'll make the changes again. Breaks. I'm like, what's going on? So, yeah, it's just one of those. You'd have you should have Chat GPT check your code for you. <laughs> I, I was this close to doing that today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really was. Yeah, I, I am. Uh, I'm super excited, but also extremely nervous about a video I'm posting tomorrow. Um, oh, yeah? if, if you follow me on Twitter, uh, you probably saw the subject matter. I asked uh, for some AI-generated avatars, and we're going to talk about that and a lot of the controversy around how machine learning algorithms are learning how to produce these images. Um, it's an op-ed piece. It's really the first one that I've ever done on this channel. Um, but uh, I'm excited. I'm I'm nervous. 
and uh, could be fun. <laughs> so I, I'm wanting to get into some AI-generated stuff uh, more, you know, look at AI image generation and, and, you know, sound and vocal mimicking and things like that because it's an interesting technology and I have so many GPUs from vGPU projects, I might as well throw some power at like some things that people are looking at doing with them. And, yeah. uh, but I can't get into that subject matter without addressing the giant mud hole that I'm going to put my foot into when I do it. And if I don't state my opinions right off, people are just going to assume I'm okay or not okay or not listening or whatever else. And yeah. so I wrote an entire op-ed piece on like the state of AI, specifically talking about AI imaging, um, just to just to call out the monkey in the room. And yeah. I I'm really excited about it. So it should be fun. <laughs> Thanks. As soon as we got one super chat, we, they all came in. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that. Holy crap. Hello, everyone. Uh, DJ also, new member. Thank you. Uh, Novella Hub, first beer this year, dry January, Anchorage Brewing, Breathe Deep, double IPA, 8.4%, 4.1 and untapped. That is a fantastic one. I've had that one multiple times. Uh, Kren with his Aussie Bucks, chiming in with his, uh, his good eye mites. Good eye. Hi. Uh, Jeremy sent it over $5. Here's my donation to the Borg Cube PC case, because even from a Star Wars fan, it's pretty damn cool. Um, I've seen a couple of variations of Borg Cube PC cases over the years. Yeah. Um, and uh, I do have a case mod in mind that I'm trying to get done before uh, PDX LAN on March 30th. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see if I, I make it because I'm starting working on it now. Unlike the last case mod that I tried to work on like literally four days before we went and it caught fire in my office. I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Michael sends over 20 Aussie bucks. Thank you very much, Michael. Wishing I could drink right now. I have uh, much PTP link that uh, got too attached to lightning and was very electrifying relationship. We'll catch the VOD later. Have a good evening. Well, good luck with that. Good luck. Feel better. <laughs> I, I have dealt with all manner of lightning strike and fiber issues and squirrels and road crews and all kinds of things. My favorite, my favorite cabling story ever. Uh, besides the, uh, we had a garbage truck at a facility one time take out the fiber line and they tried to deny that it was them, even though their own schedule put them at our site at the exact moment that that site <laughs> lost internet connection. And uh, there were bits of fiber literally stuck to the top of the dumpster uh, from where <laughs> it hit the cable and then ripped it up apart. It's like, oh, huh, this goes there. Okay. Oh, and it also broke directly above the dumpster. They tried to deny it the whole time. That was so much fun. What? Um, that was also while I was in San Francisco for a week. That was my Monday morning call. Uh, so I, oh, I, I'm yeah. in San Francisco for a training. And uh, 
and whatnot. And I'm like, everything's going to be fine. The company's in great hands. My team is, is on it. They, they know everything to do when I'm not here. My phone is still on in case of emergencies and whatnot. And literally like 8.01 Monday morning, I wake up to pictures of that. It's like, oh, come on. <laughs> so that was great. I know. Oh man. Yeah. I've gotten, I've done days like that. Maybe not that, that bad, but my, the network engineer is gone and he's on vacation or sick or something. Yeah. And I walk in and the managers are like, did you hear what happened? No. Yeah. Well, get it fixed. What happened? The thing, you know, what everyone's talking about it. I literally, I still got my lunch on my hand, right. you know, in my bag. I just walked in. I have yeah. no clue. Uh, I, I, I also, I love the user reports of like, nothing's working. The internet is down. The entire company's out of standstill. And you go and turn their monitor back on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or it's just like one tiny, tiny little feature isn't working. Yeah. Yeah. You know. But life as we know it is about to cease. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. No, I, I don't miss those days. Um, <laughs> my favorite, favorite, because it was... It feels like it was out of a cartoon. Um, so our main data center goes offline and uh, and it should have geographically diverse network connections. And so losing oh, yeah. connections is weird. Um, and uh, uh, so we... Uh, Start investigating. We're calling the knock uh, of both of our our fiber providers and like, where is it broken at? Um, yeah. And uh, long story short, there was a road crew that was digging about, I think it was like 15 miles from our office or something like that. And uh, uh, was doing just a little road repair patchwork and, and whatnot and they had a north american fiber finder oh sorry a backhoe uh that was digging <laughs> along the side of the road and uh dug up this huge collection of cables and realized they dug up the cables set them back down kind of patted it back down and then paved <laughs> over the top of it we were never here yeah. <laughs> uh, it was like that it was like that was when like that when here. we found it uh, yeah fresh asphalt laid on top of it like, <laughs> um and uh so we're communicating with both our knocks and while we should have had a geographically diverse connection what had happened is our our fiber came out of our building like this and then wrapped around the town and then came back and then they both happened to take the same route going back back the other direction oh and uh <laughs> So it was, but it was not geographically diverse for like a two mile run or something like that. And it happened to be <laughs> where they dug it up and they ripped both of them out. <laughs> That's funny. But but no, I can only imagine like oh, oops. Yeah. <laughs> ah Yeah, these were that'll here. Be this fine. is just that'll be fine. They're just no, some roots. No one will notice. <laughs> <laughs> These strange black roots I just ripped out of the ground. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, but talk, talking to our primary, uh, they're like, well, we can see the second router away from you, the second re repeat point away from you. We can't see the one that's closest to you or your office. And so there's a break somewhere in there. And so we'll start driving that way if you want to start driving and like 
you know the run just just and we we both arrived a, within like two or three minutes of each other at this fresh patch of asphalt on the ground and went oh i bet it's that <laughs> yeah so that was fun <laughs> so what are you drinking today i am going with uh some very different styles um okay so well one's a hazy uh i, I mean like differing styles from one to the other <laughs> okay uh, okay so i've got an ex novo swedish hitchhiker which i bought for the name and can art alone uh oh. it's it's like blue oh, with gold true. leafing and it's yeah. gorgeous uh it's called swedish hitchhiker uh it's a hazy ipa 6.9 percent nice uh strata citra and galaxy hops oh very nice and uh next I have a Beauregard Distillery. This is a uh, Canadian beer uh, brewed in Quebec. So, hello, DJ. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is an old-fashioned imperial orange bourbon ale. Uh so Wait, it, what, okay what percentage is that tiny can 12. <laughs> okay it's 11.9 um and all it says is extra strong beer <laughs> and then the rest of it's extra... in french so ah you could always use uh like the google translator you know translator. i did just download lens so i'm i might just yeah. uh take a quick look at it um, i i did that for some french canadian beers i got one time and yeah uh, it you know, it's good enough, but it was like, la beer is best beer in world yeah. or something. You know, it was like uh, bourbon broken is the, English. Bourbon is the star in this true old-fashioned cocktail tribute. The stout with flavors of dark chocolate and roasted beans is brewed with an orange zest. Okay. Nice. So apparently it's a stout. Very cool. Yeah. All right. What do you got? I have, uh, well, very similar to you, uh, a dark and a light, uh, a stout and an IPA. Nice. Uh, Invic Invictus Brewings. Uh, this is from Novella Hub. The Nut Goody Milk Stout. Uh, there we go. Nut Goody. So, Nut Goody. So it's got, uh, See, nut goody bar, real maple syrup, cocoa nibs, lactose, and maltodextrin. So it's made from very... goody bars. Yeah. Nice. So that's cool. I like it. And then I have a local uh, upright brewing. They're uh, money over IPA. And there it goes. Nice. I uh, get just bought this for can art. Oh, of course. <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah, uh, IPA made with Simcoe, El Dorado, Cascade, and Strata. So, yeah. Uh, I think I'm actually gonna go with the stout first today to change things up. Yeah, I'm going for the hazy simply because I think a 12% stout's gonna be a little bit better, closer to room temp sure. than a 6.9% hazy. <laughs> Yes. So, but uh, how's that for a gorgeous looking beer? Oh, that is a gorgeous looking beer. Like, it's perfect. 
I mean, that's that's a photography beer. That's an Instagram pick. Yeah. Ooh. Well, well, now it is. Now, ah, ah, you know, you don't have to tilt the glass. You can just tilt the camera. I've been doing it wrong <laughs> this whole time. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And you know, if the picture's straight, just put it in editor and tilt. Right. Just right. give it. Yeah. Give it fifteen degrees. Solid. All right. Let's go ahead and dive into the news, starting with Anchor admitting what all of us had already figured out, and apparently they needed about four months and some threats uh, to disclose. And that is that, yes, their Eufy line of security cameras didn't always send encrypted end-to-end streams from their uh, Eufy web portal, and everyone knew it but them. <laughs> uh, so this is from The Verge, and uh, I think we read the story back in like October or something like that. I think so. Yeah. That that Ufi and and by uh, extension Anchor screwed up big time on their web connected security cameras. Basically, they were open protocol unencrypted RTSP streams, and so if you had open ports on your network, uh, you could log into random security cameras from like VLC media player. Uh, yep. No authentication, no, no anything else, just, hey, here's my garage door kind of thing. Uh, also, Yuffie was sending unencrypted streams from their web portal and, uh, and keeping streams longer than they should have they weren't deleting things from from deleted accounts or deleted footage that people didn't want to exist anymore it was a huge huge mess and uh it pains me to say this but credit to the verge they kind of stuck with this story (laughs) long after a lot of places have dropped it and uh uh and they said uh Anchor first told us it was impossible that any unencrypted streams were coming out of the camera, even though every security researcher knew that unencrypted streams were coming out of the camera. They then covered their tracks and repeatedly deflected, going, oh, no, that was a limited thing. And, you know, we it's a bug yeah. that we since fixed and everything else. Well, it still hadn't been fixed when these stories were running. Uh, So shortly before Christmas, The Verge gave them essentially 30 days to either come clean or we're going to start pushing a story about your lack of accountability, answers, security, everything. And uh, they did. So uh, I'm still not, even though Anchor is talking now, they are still definitely not off of my my S list for their handling of this uh like i said every company will make a mistake every company has every company will usually repeatedly um it's how you handle a mistake as a company especially if you're in in a security realm if you're in a security camera realm you can't treat it as a consumer electronic and like oh let's put cameras everywhere and like use lowest bidder software and and run it unencrypted that's not a security product and there's a higher attention to detail that's required 
And I will say that higher attention to detail is starting to be required from pretty much every aspect of digital communication, uh, but especially one that's targeted specifically to security. Uh, so Anchor did themselves no favors by deflecting this for almost four months and, and refusing to even acknowledge that this problem existed. Uh, in a statement... Yeah, didn't... Oh, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, didn't The Verge even state that uh, on top of the uh, investigation, they were going to release all of their communications and thus showing Anchor even denying uh, that he was even going on for that long? Yes. Uh, so yeah. It makes, makes it even worse. Right. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to go through all of the emails and back and forth because we've covered this, I think, a couple of times, uh, again, starting back in October. Uh, the Verge published all of their back and forth communication in yeah. this article. Um, the Verge gave YouTubers a lot of crap for not being uh, true journalists and uh, while failing to be journalists themselves. Uh, this is what good journalism looks like. This is the... We're not going to give up this story. We're going to give the company a fair chance to respond. But if they don't respond, we're going to go public with everything that we've come out with so far. And it's going to be scathing. And because we have to let people know this is not an okay thing that's going on at this company. And it's not an okay product to go buy. Um, and uh, again, to Anchor's credit, they have, number one, uh, disclosed that Yes, it was an issue. Yes, it was open, and it did affect pretty much every single Eufy camera. Um, they are in the process of pushing out uh, uh, updates to their app, their web portal, and firmware to the cameras. And all of their cameras from this day forward are going to use WebRTC, which is encrypted by default. It's basically HTTPS for, uh, for real-time streaming uh, communication. Uh, so, awesome. They've also made a statement saying that they are bringing in uh, leading and well-known security exports, uh, experts to produce an independent report and audit of their security camera system top to bottom. Uh, so a little bit of penetration testing, a little bit of code audit. That's all a good thing. Uh, hopefully we'll start seeing some of this hit the market and... Uh, Yuffie will be a better company for it. Uh, but it really sucks that The Verge had to hold their feet this close to the fire for this long for them to understand. It's kind of a big deal. Yeah, I know. Well, th and I, we made this point before and you hosted or talked about it a bit, but that's what we were, uh, these smaller companies, these deals that you find on security cameras because cameras are so cheap now and everyone's coming out with a new security camera that can detect this mm -hmm. get it for your home for you know 1999 check it out hooks to your light bulb socket and whatever and streams to your phone yep. um the problem is these cameras may be cheap the company behind them probably is too and is cutting corners too well there, there's there's two like different schools of thought to that as well um the cameras could be cheap and and run very, very basic web streaming protocols like RTSP, yeah. unencrypted signals, very poor authentication, no certificate shakes, no anything like that. And then their web portal could be even worse if they have web portals. Or it could be like, not to, but 
Chinese cameras for the last 20 years that have shipped that if they're network connected, they have a an outgoing communication Signal, handshake yeah. that goes back to somewhere so you can use a Chinese portal. But the thing is, it's unencrypted, which means your camera's always been broadcasting to that what, to that IP address unless you disable that either in firmware, which was pretty much impossible, or at the firewall level, which you shouldn't have to do. Uh, so that's a thing that went on forever. There's the other school of thought, which is something like Eufy, where a consumer electronics company gets into a security uh, field and treats it like a standard bit of consumer electronics, where you don't necessarily need to be 100% above board the whole time with the way that you're handling or just moving data from one place to another. And they don't understand how big of a deal that actually is. Um, so, plus, they can drive the costs down if they can, I don't know, get you to subscribe to their monthly service so you can get your, your web hosting for, you know, cheap cost. And suddenly it's not a cheap camera, it's a free camera and you're the customer. Or you're the, you're the product. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think I remember talking about this now. Exactly. <laughs> These are all the same points we talked about. Yeah, like, oh, yeah I remember that. Chris says, uh, woo, longtime viewer. Hi from Seattle. Loving the can art. Hello. 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 Um, yeah, no, uh, like, like I said, I bought this one just for the can art. Like, oh, yeah. Saw it in the store and I went, oh, that's pretty. No, Novella Hub. Uh, no, Novella Hub. <laughs> X Novo. <laughs> um, they always do good stuff. Uh, their can art's usually pretty good. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. All right. What else do we got here? Uh, Microsoft is pushing out updates to their Defender software to lock down Linux gear. Uh, since by default, Linux really doesn't ship with an antivirus. Um, this one's gonna, gonna be a little controversial because it's, uh, um, Microsoft scanning the rest of your network to detect malware activity. Uh, yep. And while in some ways it's fantastic that... Uh, is my screen glitching out or is that you? Uh, is that, I don't know. OBS was like no. flickering on, on me for a couple seconds. Oh. That was weird. Um, I wasn't sure if I was, like had my mouse in a position where it was trying to flip from one yeah. window to yeah. the other. There it is. Yeah, that's weird. Um move that window and see if it happens again uh so oh yeah it is hitting stream cool <laughs> don't know what that's all about um anyway yeah. uh it's interesting that microsoft is taking the standpoint of using av software built into windows the client to detect malware traffic elsewhere on the network and then essentially block the Windows client from communicating with those Linux boxes. Um, it's an interesting approach and, and something I don't necessarily disagree with. Uh, there's going to be some who are like, Microsoft needs to just mind their own business. and blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, I don't blame them for going full bore on detecting malware. I mean, that's... I've 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 seen a couple of things online about 
you know, well, we have dedicated products for that. And, and you know, Microsoft yeah. stopped scanning our network. If you put something on your network, the understanding is that it's at least going to ping an art broadcast and go, who else is here? And if it goes, who else is here? And, and it goes, hey, come see, you know, hot one new servers in your area. Uh, maybe not talk to that server. Yeah. So, uh, and yeah, what they're trying to do is basically narrow the attack surface uh, for potential malware. Um, if Windows detects malware running on a server, it won't communicate with that server. Um, might cause a little bit more troubleshooting issues if you're a network engineer, but at the same time, it it's one more tool that you now have in your in your pocket. Uh, yeah. Who doesn't like now, more is, tools? This is for the the end wall endpoint part, not the standard consumer, right? Or is this no? Both? This this is going on consumer Windows desktops. Oh, okay, consumer. I thought it was. Oh, I thought it was pro only. Okay, all right. <laughs> Wait, there are hot one U servers in my area. Nope, all mine are ice cold. That's the uh, <laughs> benefit of running them in my garage in the middle of winter. Uh, so I was doing some stuff with, uh, my RTX A5000s and, uh, they were idling at 9C. Jeez. <laughs> Wait, were, were you like running them though? Were you accessing them? That, or that was, was just, just idling. Like... Okay. But still yeah. 9C. Yeah. Yep. When was the last time you touched the, like it, it got used? Uh, oh, today. Oh, okay. All right. So they actually were running at one point. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, it's like, yeah, of course it's cold. They haven't been touched. And it's like, you know, store has been used for storing old photos and never accessed from anything. Right. Oh, no, no, no. They, they've uh, now they were been sitting on the shelf for, for a couple of months. I, I haven't been able to touch them. I've been dealing with other projects and whatnot, but I'm finally like, you know, what? I'm going to break these out. I'm going to, I'm going to start diving into this stuff. And, uh, so yeah, they've been fired up the last couple of days, and and I've actually been okay. hitting them, yeah. hitting them pretty good. So, but yeah, this morning when I when I started running some stuff, it's like, oh, it's really cold out there. <laughs> oh yes, no, uh, past couple of days. Yep, especially under twelve C, uh, you have to risk condensation. It depends on your humidity and dew point and everything else. And in Oregon, it's actually it's it's very moist outside but our dew point is typically very very low like our our yeah. dew point during the winter is something like two or three c um plus i have the air conditioner on my rack which also acts as an air hum uh, dehumidifier for the air that's passing through it so it's okay relax <laughs> uh let's see <laughs> scott send sent a four dollar super chat Scott, uh, thank you very much. I'm using Alfred camera, turns old phones into security cameras, works okay and better than nothing. I've seen that. Uh, basically take an old smartphone, plug it in, stick it to a wall, and, and you have a, a streaming device. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you'd think that would actually be a little bit better depending upon the phone because the processor is depending upon which phone again too, but the processors in those are usually still pretty decent. Probably a better camera. Um, I wonder if you can switch from like the wide angle to uh macro and all that other stuff. Uh, I think it depends on the phone, uh, yeah. and the firmware and and everything else. So, um, but if in theory, 
um, any application on the phone that accesses the camera has full access to the camera API, which means it would have yeah. multiple lens selection and things like that, wide-angle ability. Yeah. So, yeah. I wonder how much access though they are you have to grant them to your phone. Um I think it's just access to camera mm. and photo library, typically. Yeah. So mm. But I'm spitballing. Just be careful. Yep. Yeah, just be careful. Oh, <laughs> uh, that'd be kind of weird. You have a bunch of phones all over your house. Yeah. <laughs> just... Uh Javas is out here in out in Oregon Outback. Uh we started this week with negative nine. And yeah, it uh my yeah. uh my dad lives out in the in the Oregon outback, shall we say. He lives right around five hours east of me. Uh still in Oregon. Still four hours from Boise or something like that. Uh so yeah, right in the middle of, of eastern Oregon. And uh yeah, he was down in single digits, I think, this week. So chilly, as they say. It's brisk. Yeah. You know what else is really cool? Today's sponsor. Today's sponsor. Linode. Today's episode of Talking Heads is brought to you by Linode. Hosting your own servers also means you get to host all your own problems, like Yuffie found out over the last couple of months. Even the most skilled chief <laughs> engineers will tell you you should decentralize your network. So why not host your services with Linode? If it runs on Linux, it'll run on Linode. That includes most of the tutorials found on my channel, like how to run your own ad blocking, recursive DNS servers, VPN gateways, your own cloud-based Plex servers, and more. They offer shared CPU plans for as little as $5 per month and can scale as high as your needs go, whether it be virtualized hosting, dedicated enterprise GPUs, NVMe block storage, and more. Even if you do host your own servers, you can use Linode to keep a backup off-site. Because remember, RAID is not a backup. Linode is also expanding at light speed, with 12 new global data centers planned before the end of 2023. Visit linode.com craftcomputing and get a $100 60-day credit just for signing up for a new account. That's linode.com craftcomputing, and again, a huge thanks to Linode for sponsoring today's episode. Thank you, Linode. We will drink for <clears throat> another day. Here's, how's your uh, IPA? Um, classic hazy. Classic hazy. Uh, sorry, not classic hazy. It's it's not a heady topper. It's not an alchemist. Um, so it's just like a tip, typical hazy though. Nothing it's special. It's the 2016 through 2020 hazy. It is. Uh, the first four ounces were pretty good. I was gonna say acid burn. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's all I taste gotta, now. It's it's the hackers one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was really looking forward to it. And then it's like, oh, like normally Ex Nova was like fantastic. Everything they make is good. Um, yeah. There's no like, I don't think there's any four and a halves that they make. Uh, but all their beers are like three and a half to four. If I were to rate them on on yeah. top, like they're all uh, yeah, right say, in that ballpark. Average three, seven, five right. You know, right there. Like this is solid good. This is like a two and a half to me. It, it's <laughs> it's not great. Like it's drinkable. Sample size, yeah. yeah. Sample size was was the four. Yeah. The rest of the can yeah. is a two. If 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 I had, I wouldn't even say the whole sample size was a four. I would say if I had a two ounce, 
uh, in a flight, I, I'd rate it like the three and a half. Like it was okay. It, it was, it's all right. Uh, <laughs> from from here down in this in this glass, though, it's not been enjoyable. You enjoyed smelling the head, and then that's about it. Mm-hmm. And then the first two sips. Yeah. Um, yeah. Based. It's it's exactly <laughs> that 2016 to 2020 hazy. It is it is everything that was wrong with hazy IPAs during that period in time. And I had that, enough of that's them. Kinda, then. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that's it's pretty disappointing. Yeah. So that, that stinks. I mean, no, I I like this my beer. It's it's really good. It's not as sweet as I was expecting it to be. You know, with the chocolate and maple mm-hmm. and the candy bar in it. It's only five percent, so it's it's nice that it's not that big sugar bomb but it's really nothing special yeah because of that um i enjoy it as just ah this is a nice milk stout that's yeah it's nice i like it i could drink this uh i just think it's over advertised (laughs) Janos says craft computing is it as good as the pentium six chip triple the speed of the pentium uh to that i will say risk is good Ah. Although I will say mine's probably better than yours. I, uh, <laughs> I would almost guarantee it. <laughs> yeah. That being said, I am very much looking forward to this one. <laughs> I just hope it doesn't ruin it. I, I really hope it doesn't. <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking of chat GPT and AI and all things about that, uh, chat GPT is becoming the new Barbie by trying to hold every job imaginable. And in fact, this week (laughs) it passed a U.S. law school exam. Uh, You need to represent yourself. Right. Hook chat GPT to your phone. Right. (laughs) So, uh... Yeah, I'm just going to read direct from, uh, this is an article from Today Online. Chatbot powered by reams of data from the internet has passed exams at a U.S. law school after writing essays on topics ranging from constitutional law to taxation and torts. Um, Overall, it said, uh, they said it was not a great student. Uh, ChatGPT was... uh, Face the same test as students, consisting of 95 multiple choice questions and 12 essay questions, and scored a C plus overall. Passing. Yeah. That's all I need. So maybe my parents will be proud of it. Yes. <laughs> hey, that's to show you. But see, uh, do you ever think though that Chat GPD wanted to take the C plus because it was like, I don't want to look too good it wanted to that, sell turquoise it, in the southwest like well it, it it was it was it was like uh i can't show my hand of how good and smart i actually am right so i will actually artificially play dumb maybe you never know <laughs> it purposely <laughs> but you know got questions wrong because it's that smart it's playing like five six seven d chess right right it's like oh <laughs> Did anyone ever ask Barbie what she wanted to do? Like, <laughs> I mean, I know she's a vet, and that's a huge accomplishment, but it seems like she might have just wanted to play guitar. 
Ah, uh, yeah, she just wanted to get in a van and and travel the cross country and play guitar. <laughs> uh. So, could I hook Chat GPD to like one of those um, voice box and just start talking to it like Alexa? Um, actually, it's funny you say that because one of the things that I wanted to do was and and one of the reasons i'm ex i'm kind of excited about ai in general is i wanted to uh run a image generation ai i also want to have chat gpt running and also have a voice synthesis running uh so, oh, yes. so basically have it synthesize another person and then be able to talk in real time with the output from chat GPT. So you want, you want to create virtual Bob Ross? Basically. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> or Majel Barrett Roddenberry, Roddenberry, you know, <laughs> Unable I, to know. Comply. I know I was going to say, man, someone needs to do the computer voice mm -hmm. for Star Trek. Mm -hmm. That's what we need to do. Right. Uh, when is chat GPT going to co-host talking heads? Um, when one of the co-hosts is too drunk to do it otherwise. <laughs> Soon with all of the uh, uh, facial recognition and, and takeover to deep baking, probably sooner than you think. Mm -hmm. Right. As soon as we start drooping, we're going to hit enter and we're going to be like, hello. Yeah. Yes. If if this... I was further along with experimenting with, with AI stuff, um, I really considered doing voice synthesis and deep faking and having Rhett read read today's script. Oh yeah, well there was and then there going, are it those was people me, Rhett, the whole time. <laughs> yeah, well there are those those um you know uh, AI voice detectors that'll do that. You read yeah. the script and it'll um do that. I mean we already what is it? They're doing the eye detection thing last week uh, uh Nvidia. That's uh, yep. getting closer and closer. Right. So um, and actually, speaking of detection, uh, OpenAI has released tools to detect AI-generated text, including from ChatGPT. Um, yep. It's kind of one of... This is one of those ever-long cat-and-mouse games. And I'm speaking what from was? the academic world. Uh, of If you find a new way to cheat, we also need to find new ways to detect cheating. And... The the tried and true method that's been done over the last decade or so is put random sentences of a student's essay into a Google search in quotations and see what it matches. You know, find the Wikipedia article that this was pulled from kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, to relative success. But now that chat GPT is passing law exams at U.S. colleges, uh, maybe some more sophisticated tools are needed. Well... OpenAI is uh, developing just that. Uh, however, its success rate is only around 26% at this time, uh, which seems worse than guessing if it was. Yes, if you were asking me. I mean, me. you could literally flip a coin and you'd be more accurate. Right. So. Yeah, we're making initial classifier available to get feedback on whether tools like this are useful and hope to share improvement methods in the future, <clears throat> uh, an OpenAI spokesperson told TechCrunch via email. Uh, obviously, detecting 
what is actual text or what is, you know, human generated versus chat GPT versus anything else. It's incredibly important, especially on the academic standpoint, because boy, at this point, I, I think we're at the precipice of, of AI technology and not being able to detect it where I think if you went to school as chat GPT today and over the next four years, went to school like a normal school going person, you would probably have a bachelor's degree at the end of it. Oh yeah. Easily. I mean, uh, it's, it didn't, uh, <laughs> this is literally, you could take that Futurama episode with the, the, uh, Hermes, the, or not the Hermes, monkey in the hat. Was the monkey. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, chap GPD is just the hat. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. No, it, it, it's, it's a pretty cool thing. I mean, it's not hundred percent perfect and it is getting, on the prefaces uh, of all of this stuff, you know, I, I'd give it probably less than 10 years. And yeah, we probably won't be able to detect stuff. But like you were saying, some of the imagery stuff, you can definitely tell. There's like, oh, there's a smudge here. Why does that person have seven fingers? Right. Uh, an extra row of teeth. Uh, there's some sentences and essays that are like, this is just repetitive over and over and over again. Um mm -hmm. You know, you almost have to be creative in the process of asking these AIs mm -hmm. what to do. And that just shows you, you probably already have the knowledge and capability of doing what they already, what you're trying to get them to do. Um, well, so it depends it's just on what you're trying to get. If you were trying to be yeah. an AI programmer, yeah, like, congratulations, that, that works for you. If you were trying to be a surgeon... <laughs> well, if you're trying to be a surgeon, but what I'm saying is to, to ask a like chat gpd how do you do this you have to be very specific in your verbiage to chat gpd yeah and otherwise it's going to give you a very generic answer so therefore you have to have some knowledge in the subject um <laughs> i mean i can sit there and say chat gpd write me some code to create this type of report right and it'll do that but i have to also have the knowledge to implement that code right. and and say what language and what's it going to interact with and be able to change it so there is still some but like i but as it's growing and this is the first sign that it's really powerful and doable mm -hmm. and it's a really good sign um it'll grow extremely fast yeah. i mean it's going to just explode yeah um especially with the better processors that are coming out the more knowledge the more people are going to be jumping on the bandwagon mm -hmm. because of this is a proof of concept of, of the actual consumer version of a proof of concept mm -hmm. i would say and that's not consumer version you know but it is free available to everyone right it, it's it's and, a readily available technology now yeah exactly and beforehand it was one of those you have to install this GUI and do this, and it's going to take up all of your processing power. And then, you know, the server that it was using is backed up. That was four years ago. Mm -hmm. And then now it's a completely open uh, piece of software for everyone. Right. Imagine 10 years from now what's going to happen. Right. So um, part of the explosion of why we're seeing AI technology, AI assistive technology um, coming into the forefront so rapidly is actually the explosion of GPU and CPU processing power over the last couple of years. Um, yep. For, it might seem like 
man, 10 years ago, computers were, were so slow. But it actually wasn't really the case. Uh, even computers from 10 and 12 years ago can run modern software. Uh, you can still play well, games uh, on an i7 27, you know, 2600K. <laughs> uh, you, people still game on X58 rigs from 2008. Like, it doesn't take all of the processing power that we've developed over the last 10 to 15 years to make all this happen. However, in the last specifically two and three years, there has been massive leaps forward in single and multi-threaded technology on the CPU standpoint and from a standpoint of scale on the GPU side of things, where from 2012 to 2018 or 19, there was a lot of stagnation in processing power. Uh, we were only getting about 5 to 7% faster year over year. Whereas, John, you definitely remember just like me that when we went from 1997 to 2001, oh, yeah. we literally doubled every four months during that period. Yeah. Like, it was ridiculous. Uh, we went from 233 megahertz to 1.4 gigahertz. Uh, plus better instructions, better fab technologies, better architectures uh, on top of that. But just megahertz speed alone, we we made that leap in less than three years. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's it's funny you said, you know, 10 years ago. And then... Uh, um, By the uh, way, John, that was thought... 25 years ago. I know, that's exactly... I was going to say, like, me thinking 10 years ago, I'm like, oh, Core 2 Duo. Yeah, no, no. 10 nope. years ago, is still an i7. No, no. But that's the 10 years that's ago, how... we're Haswell? <laughs> so it's just like... I still think, oh, yeah, that's like a core two duo. Mm -hmm. it's, ah, that thing's old. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Uh -uh. uh, time, yeah. is, time is gone. Yeah. And it's... Yep. Oh, man. Um, But specifically since, like, 2019, um, obviously AMD has come up with, with Ryzen and kind of woken the sleeping giant that was Intel, uh, who obviously had problems getting down to 14 nanometer and whatnot. They've also been, yeah. AMD's also been kind of pushing NVIDIA a little bit as well. And uh, while NVIDIA wasn't exactly resting on their laurels, I don't think they were giving us everything they had in their lab either. Uh, and while the leap from Maxwell to Pascal, so from 900 series to 1000 series, um, that was massive. That was more than double performance uh, generation over generation. And then Turing was kind of like a, eh, here's here's 10%, yeah. leave us alone. Yeah. And then we went to uh, Ampere, and we again more than doubled performance at the top end. And now Lovelace hit, and we again more than doubled performance at the top end again. And and that's just the last, you know, three to four years is what that's happened in. And yeah. uh, uh, I've said this a couple times. It's a it's a speed and power race, unlike we've seen since that Windows 2000 there, time period. Yeah. And uh, the early 2000s. So while AI assistive uh, research has been going on for the last 15 to 20 years, um, you know, in in large scale it's not like it 
it made massive leaps forward in the last two to three years. It's just that the hardware finally caught up to what they were trying to get it to do. And, and the data centers now have the horsepower to start cranking these things out. And so does your home computer. <laughs> yeah. And that's the crazy thing. If you have a newer GPU, you can crank things out like crazy. Um, uh, so I don't want to get too much into it, but those, uh, those AI generated avatars that everyone had on Twitter six months ago, um, I, I got stable diffusion to start generating those of my face. I can crank one out every six seconds. Yeah. Jeez. Yep. Uh, I would, if, yeah, I know if you were to talk about something like that four years ago, mm -hmm. you know, four years ago, you're talking 30 seconds, 30, 40, right. No, I was, you know, yeah. You know, I was going to say a couple minutes, but yeah. Um, and that's if you had other hardware too, because even four years ago, there was the Ram, mm -hmm. uh, Rams also increased very well too memory, but that yeah. doesn't quite matter. But yeah. Um, yeah, everything actually, now that you say it, everything the past three years, four years has just jumped massive. It wasn't even forward. just processors. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's component to component bandwidth within your system. We went from PCI three to PCI five in, uh, yeah. in four years. Um, mm -hmm. we went from, you know, 40 gigabit to 160 gigabit, uh, maximum yeah. connection speed on an X16 in four years. Uh, we went from NVMe drives being like 3000 megabytes per second is bleeding edge. And now we have parts that are coming out that are 12,000 megabytes per second. Uh, and for similar price points that, that those old NVMe Gen 3 drives were at. Um, we went from DDR4 being like, yeah, 3200 is a good speed to DDR5 going yeah. like, how's 78 sound? And yeah. it, it's it's nuts. Um, uh, so, yeah. It, uh, let's see. Jeff, is there anything you can use a Core 2 Quad in these days? No. <laughs> no and and there's uh, there's the generation sure. gap that's what i a retro a retro pc I if you want to the play generation all prior to nehalem to be that's the generational gap nehalem is the first modern processor everything before that is literally a model t <laughs> comparatively <laughs> um and and you could say the same thing about um you know, from 2020 onward. So when Zen 2 hit and and finally matched Intel and, uh, you know, seven nanometer uh, fab processes came out and we got Ampere GPUs on the market, you could say that everything before that looks like, you know, a 1980s Volvo kind of thing. Like, sorry, John, didn't mean to step on your toes there. Uh, I liked my Volvo. I know. It was a 95, okay, but yeah, it okay. still looked the, still looked the same. Okay, okay. <laughs> how, how about a 1982 non-turbo Saab? Would you take that? Okay. Oh, there okay, okay, there yeah. you go. Uh, a Suck 1982 it, so. Ford Escort. Like, <laughs> oh, there you like go. everything modern makes everything prior to that look like that. And then everything prior to Nehalem 2008 is is literally model t like there there's your generational divides and i and i think we'll see that moving forward especially over the next couple of years as we start taking advantage of the hardware we have in front of us again um but uh yeah for a long time software was outpacing hardware through the 2010s and 
we finally hit back to where we should be with hardware. XKCD has a thing or two to say about Volvo. <laughs> um, John Jay says he's got a Core 2 Duo that my brother still has set up as a file server. Um, the very first tutorial I ever did on the channel was how to set up FreeNAS. And uh, the server that I was running at the time was a Xeon X3350 which is the Core 2 Quad 8600 equivalent, or 9600 equivalent. Um, it was a 2.8 or 3 gigahertz quad-core CPU. Uh, Xeon-based, four cores, four threads, single-channel memory. Um, it was aging as a file server in 2017 when I ripped it out. <laughs> That being said, if all you need is files hosted, um, I mean, it's not like the modern Celerons, the the fifty one ninety or fifty one hundred five, fifty ninety five Celerons. It's not like they're faster than Core Duos. They might be about the same same level at this point. Of course, they take fifty watts less per core to run, but anyway. Modern cars are a bad joke? I disagree. I disagree. You ever sat in a C8 uh, Corvette? That's not oh a joke. Oh, God. Those things are those things are so pretty and powerful. I mean, those are nice cars, mm -hmm. too. Oh, the new, the modern Corvettes. The, the, the C8s are not the GM of old, let me tell you. Holy no, crap. they are not. Though, even the Italians like that car. Yeah. Even the most staunch Ferrari uh, fan is going... They're pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So, and they look nice too. I mean, they look like a, a mix between a Lamborghini and a American muscle car. Yeah. No, it, it, I'm disgusted with how much I want a C8 Corvette. I really am. Uh, because my whole life, I, I have been all about one day I want to own a an Italian exotic, a, a Ferrari, a Lamborghini, uh, you know, so I want to own something like that. And for a while, I had actually kind of settled on uh, what my dream car was, like what I wanted to go out and buy. And mm -hmm. I wanted a a supercharged Audi R8. Like that, that is my, oh, yeah. of, that is my bucket list car. I want that car. I want it in a, in a six speed gated manual uh, and, and whatnot. And they were finally starting to hit, I wouldn't even call it affordability because the most I've ever spent on a car was our $42,000 minivan. But they were finally starting to hit a level at which I went, you know what, in the next three to five years, if I don't have any car payments and everything's paid off and we're in good financial shape and whatnot, I might spring for one. I might spring for, you know, a 2012, you know, V8 kind of thing uh, for dollars $70,000. Yeah, And then the C8 dropped. Not only did the C8 drop uh, for starting price of $59.99, um, but the Audi R8, or Audi R8 V8s and V10s went like, yeah, we're going to go back up to 100000 just because we can't be associated with Corvettes. And, and so it took my dream car and it made it unobtainium. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, ah, no. I don't know. 
Those Corvettes are pretty sexy looking. Yeah. I've seen a couple driving in in where I work. Yeah. They are nice looking. Yeah. Pictures do not do them justice. No. No, they don't. The lines are a lot sharper than uh than they look. Yeah. Like they I, every time I see it, I have to do a double take to make sure that's that's a Corvette because I'm like, oh, it's yeah. an Italian car. Oh, oh no, that's a Corvette. Nope, Corvette. Oh, things look so good. It's all GM. Yeah. yeah. Yep. No, I, like I said, it, it disgusts me how much I want one because I have never been a Corvette fan by any means. Um, I love the LS engine platform. I I respect the Corvettes for being <clears throat> probably the closest thing that America has ever come to producing an exotic car. Uh, you know, 100% fiberglass. That's always been their MO. Uh, you know body on chassis design and for for pretty much all of them and whatnot and you know v8 big power lightweight i love it like that it doesn't get more exotic than that unless you throw the engine in the rear and then they went and threw the engine in the rear and i'm like oh god yep yep chevy talk by oh come on arizona oh Don't come be on like that. i mean i was bashing on ford a little while ago i'll, I'll still do that <laughs> the worst cars I've ever owned have been Fords. Have I owned a Ford? I don't think I've ever owned a Ford. I've owned nope. one. I've owned one Ford. Uh, wasn't really fair of a comparison either because it was thirty years old when I owned it, and man, it was a piece oh. of garbage when I bought it. Uh, but it was the only car that I could afford because I paid three hundred and fifty dollars for it. <laughs> Was it a Focus? It was an Escort. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I will say I have driven worse Fords than that 82 Escort. <laughs> and they are all 1994 Tauruses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, uh, not... Someone says... Wasn't the uh, yeah, Cosmic says transmissions on the C8s aren't reliable at all, though. Um, Let me just say... When you finally make an affordable, exotic car and people who shouldn't be spending $120,000 on an exotic and learning how to drive one have $60,000 to spend in a Corvette, you're going to burn through a couple of dual clutch systems. Like, that's just the way it yep. works. So I, I have a hard time saying that the the drive line for the Corvette C8 is not reliable and more. I think it's going to be one of the most abused drive lines in automotive history. Because who buys a C8 and doesn't immediately do cookies outside the dealership? Like, <laughs> that, that, that's, like well, that's like saying the Hellcat's not reliable. No, <laughs> it's not, but not for the reasons you're listing. You give me 707 horsepower in a straight line, I'm going to smoke tires for that whole quarter mile. I don't know oh, why yeah. the transmission died. Really? Yes. I mean, because I can. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jeff, do V-Core spikes close to 1.5 volts in Verizon at stock degrade uh, clock frequencies over time? Not that I've noticed. Um... Clock frequency and V-Core spikes and all that kind of thing. I've talked about this before. There's a level of tech journalism that you get that you start stretching your legs a little bit and maybe talking about things that you don't understand. 
And I've always tried to not be one of those people. In fact, I've I've only gotten into like overclocking a couple different times on the channel because for the most part, in the time that I've been a tech journalist, overclocking hasn't made any sense from a consumer standpoint uh, outside of CPU drag racing or sliding the power slider 10% up on your graphics card. Those things are well-sanctioned and expected and don't do much as far as longevity, as far as we can tell. Um, everyone worried about the V-Core voltage on Ryzen chips. I guarantee the engineers at Ryzen know what they're doing. And it's probably fine. Just say. Especially when you go like, well, we're going to try to run you know, a uh, uh, 4.8 gigahertz overclock on the 5950X, and we're going to run it at 1.37 because that's what it's designed to do all the time. And it's yeah. not stable at 1.37, but then you turn on Precision Boost Overdrive and you go, oh my God, it's hitting 1.5 volts, yet it runs rock solid for the next three years. I think it'll be okay. Yeah, no, I, well, that's that's the benefit of the big jump that we got, like we were talking about just a right. little bit earlier, is that consumer prices, even on their, um, you know, stable um, threshold or uh, standard speed, yeah, is amazing performances. And most software that is being required or written nowadays for like games or video editing don't even need that or will never need the boost or high performance that these chips even require unless it's something special you know that you're doing if you're editing you know you know a video editor or audio editor or uh, ai john i saw um, your standard <laughs> oh i didn't see you pour it how is it i haven't tried it yet i'm well how's the smell i'm beergasming over the smell alone um <laughs> Okay, let's uh glad glad the camera is chest high. Right. <laughs> uh oh. Oh, it's gone. Oh, oh, oh there, there's there no, even on the edge. There's, even on the edge. Look at that. It's a solar eclipse. I was gonna say it's like a lunar eclipse. That is insane. <laughs> like I poured it and I knew it was dark. Holy crap. Yeah. I didn't see it. how thick is it, or did it look? Uh, it didn't look terribly thick. Yeah, the, it looks like it's got a little bit of a head on it. So yeah, not too bad. yeah. I mean it. It's not flat. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. I will open my second beer. <laughs> Skull says total eclipse of the stout. <laughs> I think we've had a beer on the show like it's called that. Right. It, it sounds like a a good one. Uh, we all saw the legit beergasm. <laughs> you poured yourself this a black is... hole? Yeah. No, th this doesn't reflect light. It only absorbs it. Wow, this is actually really clear. And, I uh, I didn't see who it was, but someone asked about the, uh, the graphite unlocks on, uh, on AMD Athlons. Of course I remember those days. Um... You would, uh, there were two sets of pin or two pairs of pins on the bottom of Athlons that you would take a pencil and you'd, uh, 
you'd uh, bridge them together essentially. And uh, uh, or no, was it the caps? Might have been the caps on top. You, you'd bridge a connection on the Athlon CPUs, and they would uh, they would increase their voltage by a significant amount. Uh, all right, there we go. Did you try it? I did. What'd you think of it? Is it supposed to taste like an old-fashioned stout? It's supposed What's to be stout? an old-fashioned stout. Um, okay. I'm afraid to pass judgment quite yet because I literally just finished the hazy, which is kind of which has kind of killed my tail. Hold on, I have iced coffee here. There we go. Swirl that around. Get the acid off your tongue. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's better. The first drink that I took of this beer was exceedingly bitter. Um, it's so, not, it's so promising, actually. Um, right, right. Uh, but I mean like bitter in like a tasteless way. Um, oh, okay. like, like a dark chocolate and nothing else. Um, okay, there we go. There it opened up a little bit. Getting a lot of, a lot of dark chocolate orange, uh, like really? the, the whacking orange and yeah. Someone was asking. Yeah. That is a clear beer. I like that one. It is a very clear beer. It is. Yes. Yep. It's almost got like a green hint. Someone was asking how it, uh, what it looked like. Yeah. Yeah. Caps on the top of the Athlon CPUs. That's what it was. Uh, you would uh, basically oh, yeah. draw lines between a couple of the caps uh, with a graphite pencil. Graphite conductive bridge links and boom, you've, you've uh, turned your, your Athlon... What was it 1600 plus into a 2800 plus or something like that? No, oh, yeah, the more I drink of it, the more the more it's like dissolving the acid on my tongue and getting rid of the, the <laughs> hazy. Um I'm going to get back to that one. You're... But yeah, it's This uh, one's in... very dark chocolate orange. I like it. I like that. Well, I mean, you sit there and think that's probably a pretty good idea of an old fashioned. Like, if you were to make an old fashioned, say, with like um, the Jameson IPA, cold IPA, or not cold IPA, the cold, the stout, the stout edition, right? Um, I've done the that stout before. edition, and in fact, I got yeah. retweeted by Jameson years ago. Like, I wasn't anyone in 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 YouTube, and uh, uh, I think this was 2017. It might have been. Um, so it's like, yeah, I've got like. 4,000 subscribers. Woo. And, yeah. uh, um, I tweeted out that I made an old fashioned with, uh, with the Jameson stout edition and stout, yeah. they liked it and retweeted it. And that, that was one of my first, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> Everybody look. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> somebody recognize, but yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. I still have those. <laughs> oh, so do I. It amazes me that, that half tight. the people on on Twitter and Mastodon will will still talk to me and consider me a peer. It's like uh, I'm new. I to finally, this. I I so yeah, I had to request four times to that server, 
and I finally got on. So, over to the the social. Yeah, it took me four <laughs> tries to send to send them stuff, and it was like, oh, oh, and then what's funny on my fourth try, mm-hmm. it was like five minutes later. Oh yeah, here you go. Oh cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like son of them. Yeah. So uh yeah, I'm I'm on an odd Mastodon server. It's at hostducks.social. It is a French run Mastodon server. And they said we're gathering uh the the greatest minds in craft beer and computer enthusiasts. And I went, I was born for this. <laughs> <laughs> Well, when I heard of Mastodon and it said, what server you want to be on? And all I typed in was, all right, let's search beer. And that was the one that showed up. Right. And that was, and so me I was like, too. oh, yeah. And I was like, <laughs> oh, OK, I'll go with that one. And then I because I think it was like a day or two before you even announced you were on. And I was yeah. on that. And then you said it like, hey, that's the same one. <laughs> uh, yeah, that they gave me approval in under two hours, I want to say, from my first request. Oh, yeah, no, not me. Of course, I'm craft computing. <laughs> Oh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Anyway, uh, we do have some Anyways. whiskey news to talk about. Well, whiskey Whis- news to talk about. Whiskey. Uh, John, you posted this one. Uh, Fireball uh, is in some hot water, and the lawyers are starting to detail their case against Fireball. Yeah, so um, if you've ever gone to, and I know this is local for us here, the suit isn't here in Oregon, mm-hmm. uh, but in Illinois. But for us, if we go to like um, a local grocery store, uh, especially like, say, if you're around the Northwest, a Winco, a mm-hmm. Fred Meyer or something, you might see these little bottles of malt liquor and they're legal to sell because they're under 20%. Correct. But they're branded and flavored as other spirits, right. which um, we cannot buy. Yeah. For, for those who don't know, Oregon is 100% government-ran uh alcohol stores uh for anything that is a distilled spirit and above 20 percent 20.0 um standard stores can sell any non-distilled alcohol that is under 19.9 uh and and so there there's the dividing line in oregon um as as great a place as this is for a lot of different things I can't go to Walmart or the grocery store or whatever else and buy a distilled spirit. It's illegal here. Um, And so we have 100% Oregon ran uh, uh, liquor stores. And that's where you go to get anything that's whiskey, vodka, distilled, right? Um, And so... Me seeing Fireball on the shelf six months ago was kind of weird because I was in my local bottle shop and I'm like, that's definitely not a a uh, authorized Oregon distributor um, yeah. of of whiskey, and and they had a, f- a full in cap of of little Fireball and supposedly vodka shops, and there were a couple others in, mixed in there as well. Yeah. I'm like, that's weird, and I. I'm like, they're probably doing that like under the table. Like they're hoping OLCC doesn't come around, which is our liquor commission and, and go like, you can't do that. Um, but I didn't really pay it any mind because well, I don't drink fireball. So yeah, <laughs> I didn't care. Uh, but I did notice it. 
and apparently I'm not the only one who noticed it. And apparently, uh, they're in some hot water for it. Yes, they're so like you said when when you walked by it, it looks like Fireball cinnamon whiskey. Now I know a lot of the people on this channel, decent amount are spirit drinkers, and no, we'll probably say Fireball's not whiskey. I don't care. It's branded as a whiskey it's probably a quick distilled grain whiskey so it's sold as a whiskey i think it's 33 percent ish something, something like, like that. that yeah um <clears throat> to where this particular brand or malt liquor was branded as fireball cinnamon flavored yeah and that's it right but the labeling was the exact same other than the word whiskey yeah and there is that leads to the lawsuit of people are then in Illinois, especially one particular person felt that that was deceiving that you're being sold a whiskey or this 33 percent alcoholic beverage when it's actually only 16 percent. It's 16 percent, it, but they're advertising it as shots. Yes, they're advertising it as fireball cinnamon shots. Yeah. And it's basically half the percentage. And there's even an image in here that states, hell, here, here's a big bin of 99 cents. Right, yeah, that, that's what I've had on the last couple seconds here oh, yeah. is, is this guy. And it looks like Fireball Whiskey. It, yep. It's the same bottle that they sell the little, you know, one and a half ounce shots in, in your liquor store uh, of Fireball Whiskey. The only difference is this says cinnamon instead of cinnamon whiskey cinnamon whiskey it's the only difference in in the packaging except for yeah. the you know 33 percent grain alcohol versus 16 percent yeah a little so you're gonna have to little, oh, little and also not whiskey because it's a malt liquor instead of a distilled spirit pretty big difference there yes yeah actually i think it's a wine and i think technically it's a wine, a wine based, right yeah it's a wine-based <laughs> spirit so there's actually great. Mm -hmm. um, I was actually going to do a long time ago because I bought a bunch of those <clears throat> those uh, flavored beverages. And they were so nasty. Yeah. I was going to do a video on them, <clears throat> but they were just so nasty. I, I couldn't. I really couldn't. I, I gagged through the first bottle. Yeah. Uh, and I've gagged through a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh... Oh, man. That's a bad joke right there. <laughs> I set myself up. <laughs> um, another thing about... <clears throat> Uh, how this is kind of like I've you can tell what's a bad uh cocktail inspired beverage because it lands in a grocery store in Oregon because you can't buy a distilled beverage yeah. on a grocery store shelf in Oregon. And so when the Jack Daniels Cola started landing on my grocery store shelves, I went, they're not using whiskey, they're not using a distilled spirit because the process in which a liquor is made defines its character in U.S. law. And a distilled spirit cannot be sold over the counter in Oregon. And so if Jack Daniels whiskey or Jack Daniels cola appears in your grocery store, it's not Jack Daniels whiskey. No, it's a malt liquor. It's a malt liquor. Uh, Every time. And we, and we we actually did talk about Jack Daniels is making a line of Jack Daniels versions, but they're only going to be sold in liquor stores. Right. <laughs> so by the way, so, yeah. she she showed up a couple of times in chat. 
Uh, Veronica is in chat. Go go subscribe to Veronica Explains. Uh, fantastic I already content. Did good, good. She's one of my favorite people. Go go check out Veronica. She's awesome. But will she subscribe to Hops and Brews? I don't know. Uh, I think she likes beer. I think she. She I just think... has to like me. Yeah. I mean, it might be Milwaukee's <laughs> best, but but I think she likes beer. Yeah, I'll I'll convert her. Let let, let, let me know in chat, Veronica, what, what kind of beer you drink. I don't remember. Uh, someone did bring up a, a point, and my uh, mod power... already had it ready to copy and paste. Look at yeah. Skull. Yeah. There we go. Uh, Powerkeeper asked though, like, can. Can this is more back to uh, just the cinnamon with the fireball? Can you call it whiskey if it's not forty percent, eighty proof? Or can, and I made the point. Well, it's cinnamon whiskey, right? So, um, so you can dilute it. Technically, it's made from whiskey, right? Um, whiskey. So be whiskey is only it that that's a narrow line and. And it's difficult. It's difficult for me to, to say because, again, the process in which an alcohol is made is what defines what it is sold as. Um, and so if it's a distilled spirit, it's it's a it's a spirit versus a a mashed alcohol or a fermented alcohol or anything like yeah. that. Um, and uh, whiskey has a very specific set of definitions that make it a whiskey. And one of the things is, is that it's sold at 40% or above, at 80 proof or above. Um, but I do believe there are there are exceptions to that for flavored whiskeys. Um, yeah. So it's not a bourbon and it's not a rye. And those are the two American style whiskeys. So you can get a rye whiskey or, an, or a a bourbon whiskey. And simply what that means is it's 51% or more grain bill rye or 51% or more grain bill corn. Um, and if it's not 50% of either, then it's considered an American whiskey. Uh, and if it was a straight grain American whiskey, they can dilute it down a little bit and sell it with flavoring at a lower proof. So, it is still a whiskey. It's still aged in barrels for some time, although longer than Pabst, but not as long as any whiskey with an age <laughs> Um And yes, technically, loosely, by the skin of its teeth, is a whiskey. So let's see. It says, from their website, Fireball Cinnamon is a malt-based 33-proof product, whereas Fireball whiskey is a whiskey based 66 proof product right. unlike fireball whiskey fireball cinnamon. so yeah so that's well that's that's what uh this is actually more toward what the suit is okay yeah never mind yeah um yeah so fireball cinnamon is their product line that the is suit that, yeah. is about because it's basically false advertising um yeah. where you didn't use any extraneous labeling or anything like that. You were resting on your brand <laughs> name as Fireball Whiskey to sell products that are definitely not whiskey. 
Um, and and there is probably some credence to this. Again, I'm not I'm not a lawyer. I, I'm not a legal expert in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I am a certified college dropout. Uh, my my. I signed up and then never went. My my kindred spirit is Philip J. Fry. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, if it looks like Fireball and it has the same label as Fireball and it's sold in the same bottle as Fireball. And the only thing that's ever known about you is it's Fireball Whiskey, and you don't make any effort to differentiate yourself as not whiskey. There's something yeah. to that. If if Pepsi started selling cans that were the same cans, but they were essentially LaCroix, do you see the problem there? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, that's well, the issue. Just like you said, the Jack Daniels. Uh, Jack Daniels, when they sell it, their soda cola one kind of resembles a lot of the same lingo as mm -hmm. um, their bottle. But they put in bold letters right on it, malt beverage. Mm -hmm. It is not whiskey beverage. It is a malted beverage right. at 5%. Right. Um, and then all the other, you know, beers and sodas, like you're saying, usually when they're uh, doing different versions, there is a slightly different either color variation, some form of distinctly hey, here's a label. Distinct, your your distinct, caffeine yeah. free Coke is gold. You're, you know, yes, that there, exactly. there is a distinguishing advertisement because we know advertising works. That's why I do what I do for a living is because you sometimes click on advertisers that are on my channel. When people ask me yeah. what I do, it's like I write tech videos, but I'm in digital advertising. That's my job. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and um, when you just take out one word, and the word is whiskey... Hashtag manscaped. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but speaking of advertisement, Jeff, how would you advertise this other product on your channel? The other one. The other beer news. The other beer news. How would <sighs> you advertise that and sell that to consumers? <laughs> I I've gone back and forth about my advertising uh ethics statement multiple times. <laughs> um I've I've gone back and forth with um now to be clear, I would never advertise a bad product a product I don't believe is a legitimate product, a product that I don't think is of good quality. Like, like I, I have very, very solid advertising ethics. Um, most of the time, <laughs> most of the time, my advertising comes down to, is this a product I could see myself using? And those ads I will accept. And the fun thing is, 90% of my ad spots, I get to fill based on those criteria. And so if you see an ad on the channel, it's it's not necessarily like, this is the number one thing that I would absolutely go buy. But at the same time, it's like, if I bought this, I'd be pretty happy as a consumer. I like the value on display here. I like the quality of the product. The company is, is reputable. Um, I'm happy with it. 
And and that's usually what my what my standards come down to. There's the next tier of advertisements, which makes up less than 10%, which is I don't think that I would ever personally find a use for this product, but at the same time, I have nothing to disqualify them either. And and so I'll leave the manscaping up to your imagination, but it's a good product, right? Like, yeah. like I have no ill feelings about product, pricing, advertising, quality, customer service. If you give them Just, money, you're going to get what you expect. I have no qualms about that whatsoever. Hashtag mirror universe. Jeff has a beard. Um, <laughs> so, and then I don't have to get into the third area, which is like, I don't even like this product, but they offered me money. And, yeah. and so that's where this falls in. <laughs> and, and, and so if you're asking me as someone who sells digital advertisements, it's the so, bulk wait, of my wait, income. Um, wait, 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 wait. This or 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 Shadow Legends? <laughs> Which one are you gonna go for? If you had one of two that were gonna advertise, and that's it. Which one, Raid Shadow Legends or this? Which one would you take? This one. <laughs> um, I've asked the community before. I, I've 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 set up a, a community. At least this is on brand. Like, yeah, at least this is on brand. Um, going like, if I did a Raid Shadow Legends ad. Could it be like Raid is not a backup brought to you by Raid Shadow Legends? Like that doesn't seem any more on brand than I could possibly get. <laughs> now, would I ever play Raid Shadow Legends? The last the last game I played on my phone was Angry Birds. Mm. The first one. Uh, yeah. Like my phone is not Oh, your camera died, John. Ah, son of a yeah! <laughs> Um, so I'm not a mobile gamer at all. It's not that I don't play games mobily. I do. I love streaming. I've, um, where's my bag? There it is. Hold on. Here's my bag that goes with me to, uh, so we have, we have lunch at my in-laws house every Sunday. This is the bag that goes with me. I have an Ion Neo Air. I have an Ein Odin Light. I have an Ein Odin Pro. I have an Anbernic 350M. I have a Retroid 2 Plus. Uh, and usually whatever other uh, device that I am reviewing at the time, which right now is a One X Player 2. Um, they all travel with me. So not only can I test the devices, but my family can give me feedback. I'm a mobile gamer, but not on the phone at all. Yeah. And so that's the perspective I like to get when I'm doing mobile device reviews is if I hand an Ioneo Next or an Ioneo Air to my family, hey, what do you think of this device? Oh, I like the ergonomics. I like the grips. I like the, the triggers. Oh, those feel really good. The sticks are a little little big for me, a little small for me. It's a little cramped over on this side. Okay, cool. This device is $1,000. Oh, I could never spend that. Or this device is $1,000. I like this. Like, 
Yeah. Those are some of my judging criteria is I, I get feedback from those around me uh, about things that they like about the device, things they don't like about the device. And those coincide with some of my feelings about yeah. doing reviews like that. And it's, it's just part of my whole process of how I write those I'm reviews. Back. There you go. Um, there we go. So if Raid Shadow Legends reached out, I would have to ask all of my extended family, have you ever played Raid Shadow Legends or Clash of Clans or whatever random tower defense game is happening right now? Or God help me, the uh, pull the pin to drop the lava onto the gold like an oh, idiot. Oh, gosh. Like, yeah. Have you I finally this? found that game. Have you played yeah. this and did it spark joy? <laughs> I don't know when the last time. But, okay. Now, I know some of your family does does drink beer. My, Would you take now, now I will this say, beer? my wife is a mobile gamer. Mm. Um, she, uh, she's got a gaming PC. She's got a laptop. Uh, we just built the two player desk upstairs. We've been both loving that setup because we can sit with the kids and the kids are doing their own thing and we're in the room and we can also be doing something else. We can be playing computer. We can be, my kids have been sitting upstairs watching me play games all this last couple of weeks. Um, and they're like, can we watch you play? Yeah, sure. You don't have to come down and sit in my office. I'm just relaxing at night. You know, your brother's off playing over here. And yeah, yeah, pull up a chair and we'll play. We'll play Diablo 2. We'll we'll do this. We'll do that. It's been great. Uh, I actually started uh, started a campaign of Diablo with my oldest. Uh, Diablo 1. Uh, well, she's pretty old now. so Double digits. Ah. Uh. I know. I saw that the other day. I was like, oh, man, she grew up. Uh-huh. She is sassy. I know. Oh, man. Um, But yeah, so we've been up there enjoying that. Now, my wife does play games on the PC. Um, uh, She's been going on... Uh, she, she goes in waves between, like, Minecraft and Stardew Valley and, and a lot of those, those popular you know, games like that. Um, and then I'll try to get her hooked into a couple other games throughout the year. And uh, so I actually just got her hooked on Moonlighter, uh, which is the Zelda slash uh, Diner Dash game. Uh, like the SNES Zelda meets Diner Dash. So you're like looting oh, okay. dungeons and, and collecting equipment and, and, and valuables. And then you sell them at your store during the day. And she loves it. It's great. <laughs> But she also plays like every single popular mobile game. I would probably ask her, can you ever see yourself playing Raid Shadow Legends? I want you to play like, it for oh, two yeah. days. I want you to play it for two I'm days. A level, I'm a level 30 already. Right. <laughs> if she's a level 30, I'll advertise it. Because <laughs> someone will like it. Yeah. So... All right. Well, the beer in particular that I was talking about was actually. Uh, so I have drinking, and we've talked about we some of the there. weird. Long, we finally got there. Was if Jeff would advertise a Hormel's chili cheese dipped flavored beer? 
That's right. This is an actual thing. Combine combined with Hormel, Hornells, Hormels, sorry. Uh, they are actually uh, partnering with a Minnesota brewery to make a chili cheese flavored brew. Now, this is not just like, oh, it's hot. No, no. It actually has their seasoning in the beer itself. Right. If you ever see my channel and do weird beers, this is right up there with that. <laughs> um, this is it. Yeah, I like I said, it's not earthy hops, not caramely malts. It smells like chili. That's the description. Can I, I want to try it? Can I just say, I have had a number of beers that taste like other foods. The one that comes to my mind is the pepperoni pizza beer. I was going to say the pizza the, one. The pizza beer. Holy crap. It had everything but the crust. I mean, I don't want to drink it, but I agree with that statement. And, I wouldn't want to drink it, though. And you still tasted the crust. It just wasn't <laughs> chewy. Oh, yeah. There's like, there, because there was like a bready odiness, like you would get in dough. <laughs> there was a greasy cheese, a lot of like spicy tomato in there. Yeah. And it was like, this is disgusting, but. If you were to say, drink this, this is blended up pizza into a liquid form, you'd be like, right. yeah, I agree with that. It had no hops <laughs> whatsoever. It had no malt <laughs> profile whatsoever. It literally tasted like liquid pepperoni pizza. Like I yep. went down to Little Caesars, tossed a slice into a blender, added a little thinner, and then drank it. That's yep. what it was. And I can't say it was disgusting because it really wasn't, but at the same time, it was so off-putting as a liquid <laughs> that I don't know that I could recommend it. And I oh, yeah. think this is of the same ilk. Like I would, I would agree <laughs> with that. Yeah. No, I, it's I, I, lo I love that it's not just that because uh, you know um, Hormel's is a national brand yeah national brand of chili and they went and like yeah no we're partnering with you we're we're gonna do this it wasn't just like some little brewers like oh we're calling this the hormel's chili cheese brew and yeah. we put it in our seasoning no no it's a partnership so they wanted it to taste like chili i kind of dig that i kind of dig that with the company it's you know we don't mind making fun of ourselves type thing we also don't mind trying weird things um and so you can go on their website. I already looked today. It's already sold out. But they were selling this beer on the Hormel's beer or, or website for uh, 24 bucks uh, for a whole, I think it's a four pack. So 24 bucks price tag includes shipping. But yeah, it's already sold out when I went to go try to buy it. So unfortunately, but if it is out there. Well, John, and we're some influencers. I know. I was gonna say. So if someone's got one, I got no problem. Uh, I'll try it. doing a beer train. Yeah, I'll try, I'll try it. it. I've so, got a couple great notions in the fridge. Like we can make something. Work. I got. We can make something really work. Yeah, I would. I. Uh, you're right. I wouldn't mind a crazy bear bread. Oh man, I actually they're crazy bread when it's done right. Because oh, you know the the, when the it's, quality when it's control not, is when it's not. Uh, 
been sitting on their warmer for like half an hour and it's not like soggy yeah. and a little when it's crisp and and the parmesan and garlic are on are on point oh, oh, oh fresh it's got to be freshly uh, like is it for me oh actually i kind of i don't like it soggy i like it just it's a fresh a fresh right. baked one you know it, it's no, right no, and that's what i'm saying it is it's yeah, yeah, it yeah hasn't been sitting in the warmer for 30 minutes and it's not yes exactly a little moist, it goes a little a little steam. It goes bad fast. Yeah. yeah. It goes fast bad. Can can I counter? Uh, can I counter with have you had any of the Domino's Parmesan bites lately? Not lately, no. Order a Domino's pizza. Get a, about two, two three years. Right. Get a side of the 16 piece Parmesan bites. Okay. I think they beat Crazy Bread. Really? Repeatably. Uh, I think they beat Crazy uh, uh, Bread. If as long as quality control, that's that was the problem with Little Caesars. It's right. just the quality control was always off. Right, and and the, get, the Little Caesars near me, the quality is it's yeah. up and down. Like like yeah. sometimes it's absolutely amazing. Sometimes it's like I'd rather well, have to join us. Like when I oh that's that's a, that's a bold statement. I I uh, know. Yeah, when I was dating my wife, uh, there was. A, a little Caesars in a tiny called Drain, which is about hour and a half. I south forgot of she was from there. <laughs> yeah, and but but because I it was such a small Caesars you're talking about because I grew up. Yeah, and, and and but it was it was the quality control was great because there was low turnaround. Yeah, in in the so the quality was always the same because it was the same person every time, and so it was like we went there every like every time we rented a movie mm -hmm. we didn't buy a pizza we just bought two bags of the crazy bread and we just ate that it was like what's the difference it's bread <laughs> i can see why you put <laughs> a ring on that now <laughs> yeah i was like oh it's so delicious <laughs> uh so yeah but yeah so if you're looking for some crazy beer or if you have already purchased this one and didn't hear about the story from us let us know please uh, i will be actively searching for it to see if i can get it on my channel so, yeah, or if there's another crazy brew that you know about, let us know in the chat. Because also, you should check out the Patreon because that gets you access to the amazing Discord where there's tons of other content on there where we're talking all the time. Food, beer, tech. Check out the link. It's in the description below. There's car stuff. If you wanted to like the little bit of a car segment we did earlier, which isn't planned. It was just organic. And as you can see in the chat, there was some beef. No, it just and that's Ford all sucks. talked about. So. Oh, yeah, there's that. But all that type of stuff and more. It's one of the most active discords. Mm -hmm. I am a member of so many discords and some other prominent member tech YouTubers. And this channel is more active than all of theirs combined. Yep. I'm sorry to say it. In fact, some they of them actually, come to my channel to chat. It's I was going to say, some of them kind of come over. <laughs> so minimum, it's a dollar a month. That's really, that's not a whole lot. And you get some of the best engagement ever. Plus you get access to the super secret after show party where you do get to talk to Jeff. Sometimes me, sometimes Rhett, sometimes Steve. Uh, you know, we're, our lives are busy because we all have young ones. We all have kids, you yep. know, schedule's different. Uh, but we are, you DM and ping any of us on the channel we will reply to you we talk on there where all four of us are very active in it all trust me it's an amazing amazing community so go check that out um yeah there you go there's the plug yep even though no one asked me to do it <laughs> i i hinted at it ah yeah
I felt it. Yeah. Parmesan bites sound good. Crazy bread would be nice if you're eating pasta, but who eats bread with pizza? Um, the thing is, uh, crazy bread is a breadstick, uh, essentially. Yeah. It's, it's somewhere between... Gosh, how would I put this? It's somewhere between like sourdough and and a Hawaiian roll, like like as far as texture goes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like if you took a Hawaiian roll and stretched it out and toasted it and made it crispy and then flaky on the inside and then covered it in Parmesan and garlic, that's kind of what crazy and bread butter. is. And butter. Yeah. And butter. Right. Yeah. I can't forget butter. Um, can't forget the butter. Right. For just a dollar a month, you can feed a Talking Heads host. <laughs> uh, it's like you didn't have enough pizza crust not enough filler for you try this chunks of bread i see how it is <laughs> yeah exactly you're not wrong uh no but all of a sudden like i have i have pizza in the fridge right now that i'm going to go uh toss into my air fryer and have in the after party uh because that's how i like to roll like there's nothing better than hot, fresh pizza than cold pizza the day after. And there's nothing better than cold pizza the day after than cold pizza the day after that you put into an air fryer and give just this <laughs> caramelized cheese sizzle to. Oh. Uh, you know what would be a cool video? Who makes the best day-old pizza? Not Little Caesars. I don't. I I, I don't. I yo, they don't. Little Caesars from a hot and ready, uh, from a deep dish perspective, and from a lot of different things. Little Caesars has got to be the worst day old pizza. Oh yeah, I, I agree with that. You know, Domino's is now cheaper than than Little Caesars. They really right. are, and and they are. I I I've been uh, so my uh my oldest daughter she loves pizza. Like almost oh, my, as much as my, I do. Um, my son and, loves it too. And she, uh, she, she understands that you know you can go down to to Little Caesars and get one of their six dollar hot and ready whatever. And I'm yeah. like, for six ninety nine, we can get a medium from Domino's, and it's way better. And it's, it's better it's the next fresh. day and the next day too. Yeah. Um, and uh, she goes, oh okay, and oh plus their breadsticks are better. Their cheesy bread is better. Their Parmesan bites are probably on par or better than the crazy bread. Um, and if you have not had the pineapple jalapeno chicken from Domino's, you are not living, my friend. I haven't had that. I'll have to. That sounds delicious, actually. It, it, it is a... Um, think of a, a pineapple jalapeno um, like glaze. Okay, yeah, that sounds delicious. They they cover just grilled chicken in this glaze. Oh god. That's 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 like something I want to make at home. It's amazing. Yeah, I have a I, I have I've a pineapple I, mango habanero glaze I put on chicken. Yeah. That sounds delicious. Yeah, no, it, it, it's kind of like that where um but anytime we order from Domino's anymore, like we'll, we'll go 50/50 uh Papa Murphy's and Domino's. Um, oh, yeah. depending on like, do I feel like turning on the oven tonight? I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. and, uh, and so sometimes we'll just get from Domino's. Other times we'll get from Pop Murphy's, but Pop Murphy's or sorry, Domino's Ooh, yeah. when we get from there, it's like, I'm getting the chicken. Mm. Now I'm the only one in my family who likes anything with any amount of heat, let alone a lot of heat. <laughs> and 
the pineapple jalapeno chicken from Domino's, it's got heat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Bro uh, got me Mike? logging back into the Domino's app. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, William. Yeah, no, I I have I have uh Papa Murphy's uh five meat stuffed crust upstairs. Uh add pineapple because yes. Um and uh I'm still wanting to order like cheesy bread and and jalapeno chicken from Domino's tonight. Like it's kind of one of those nights. I know, right? Uh kind of want some now. <laughs> anyway, we do have one more story to get to. Yeah, one more. Um Netflix has announced when they will be rolling out password sharing restrictions and the details around the limitations of it. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, so suddenly I feel like doing, oh, there goes your camera again, John. Mother! There's <laughs> a brand new battery! Oh. Hey, John, I think I still have an NL1, uh, AC adapter. What? Oh, no, it's on an adapter. It's just not charging fast enough. Um, you know what? No, gonna... I, I have a dummy battery that slides in and it powers it off oh. the battery slot. That might work. That's too. what you need. Yeah, let's do this. We'll uh, we'll, uh, we'll make sure you get you get sorted out by the next one. How's that? Let's see. What if I just switch my camera? Anyway, spoon game. Anyway, Netflix has revealed details finally, like six months later, about how they're going to start restricting sharing of passwords because sharing of passwords is the last thing that Netflix wants to limit because. One account that goes to five households, that's still a subscription that counts for Netflix. Make no bones about it. This is the movie studios going, no, no, no. They need to pay their licensing for watching films in another residence, just like everyone else does. Even though I could take a DVD over to that person's house and no one gives two shits. Um, so. Battery's not even dead. I don't know what you did then. I don't know either. Um, yeah, it says... Anyway, uh, so apparently the details are that you can use your password anywhere, but the home IP address of your account, the one that is logged into most often than anything else, is going to be your home base. And... You will need to log into that IP address. You will need to log in from that IP address every 31 days, maybe. Maybe. Did I did I sum that up enough? Pretty much, yeah. Okay. But yeah. I think that they're saying that for the first it's only five accounts for that's logged into your basically your main router, your IP address. Mm -hmm. Um that's basically it. And then they were dancing around the idea of other devices and traveling and, and you know, off-site. But the thing is, phone, what uh, if what if I travel and I'm single for a living and the only place I ever log into Netflix is hotel rooms and all of my family logs in from other locations? Like... Too bad? Yeah, but I'm going to get disconnected then if I'm the mobile <laughs> one. 
what if what if I travel five out of seven days a week and and what am I gonna get bit if if I don't log in to my laptop to Netflix from home and then I want to watch from a hotel like what if, what if your what if your primary device is actually your phone and then sometimes you're actually only at home that's actually more of our use case than anything else because we have Netflix and uh uh we rarely use it at home. It's mainly my kids who use it on their phones when they're over at their cousin's house or when they're on road trips yeah. or when we're doing this or when we're doing that. And it's like, yeah, we log in from home, but that's less than the regular occurrence, I would say. Yeah. So what is our home IP address? How do uh, what you if you use a VPN? That? Yeah. What if you have a VPN? Yeah. <laughs> That will suck for those whose ISP only does DHCP on the modem's WAN port. And yeah, there are ISPs that cycle your IP address uh, for a litany of reasons. Uh, most of which is accountability in in uh, torrent requests of like, we don't know who had that IP three months ago because we only have 24-hour releases and, and we cycle everyone every 24 hours and we don't keep records we don't need to keep records of that uh those are the good isps to have by the way uh i have legitimately thought about a couple of things number one uh doing a tutorial of setting up a vpn gateway to a family member's house so even if they, even if a company not like Netflix came up with password restrictions, you could still funnel the TV through your home network. I've thought yeah. about that. Um, I've also thought about setting up a VPN transmission streaming device tunnel thing that you could set up for downloading any Linux ISO you've ever dreamed of. Downloading Linux ISOs, all the Linux ISOs, um, any Linux ISO, make sure you get all of them. Why would you download anything but Linux ISOs? Like this is this is just so your cable company doesn't know you're downloading Linux ISOs. <laughs> I'm going to download the last 13 versions concurrently of Ubuntu and share them out. Put over a VPN because I don't want Comcast to know that I'm doing that. <laughs> How was that beer? I was hoping for a little more sweetness overall. Really? Um, okay. It is it is a very, very, very bitter beer. Like my initial impressions were still correct. Um for for a stout, it is remarkably dry and bitter both um and at first i thought that might have been the hazy that i had beforehand and like i said after like kind of cleansing my mouth a little bit with some coffee um it did open up a little bit but then it closed right back off and it's drying it is very much 
uber dark chocolate mm -hmm. uber uber dark like you said this is canadian it's a yeah it's it's from quebec it's from a mm. uh beauregard brewery I wonder uh, if it's like a, a english ale yeah 12 percent. it is a stout it, it it did translate this to stout um but uh yeah, it is a an imperial stout based on an, as an as an homage to an old fashioned cocktail, uh, with notes of dark chocolate and orange. And uh, my old fashions are sweeter than that. Not by oh, a lot, you're, not, you're by, not not by a, a huge amount. Um. This also wasn't barrel aged, so there was no real hint of, of anything bourbon or rye notes or anything like that. And so what it ended up being is a really, really, really thick dark chocolate shake with a little bit mm. of orange on it. And so like those candy oranges? Uh, yeah, like, like the dark, like the dark candy, whacking orange. Yeah, yeah, like, like, like the yeah. super dark chocolate ones. Uh, if they okay. were even more dark chocolate than the dark oh. chocolate ones are. Like, like there's the milk chocolate and everyone's like, yay! And then there's the dark chocolate and it's like, oh, I hate dark chocolate. And then there's like the, no, 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 this one's like 55% cacao. And it's like, holy yeah. crap, that's where this is. Okay. Yeah, it, it's super dark, super bitter. Uh, maybe even edging towards like baking chocolate. Uh, as far as bitterness levels go. Um, I can't say it was bad, though. Like, I can't say I didn't enjoy it. It's it's just completely aside from any other imperial chocolate, orange, old-fashioned inspired stout. That's a short list. But it it's so far aside from any of those those style beers that I've ever had that it kind of stands on its own. And I'm like, I can't fault it for just being different. It's just not what I expected. If that makes sense. Oh yeah. We... Yes. Yes, it does. Yeah. Cool. Oh yeah. So yeah. Someone asked if we did the Guinness one. That was a while ago. They came out with that one. I think. I think we. That was like 2019. We did that one. Uh the Guinness. Uh, which it which was Guinness? like an old. It, it was a Guinness uh, or Open Gate Brewery, which is Guinness old fashioned spiled ale. Oh yeah, which is yeah. No, we've, the Kentucky we've done bourbon with orange and cherry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've done that one. We've done a number of of old fashioned inspired ales we we need i need to come over and do another live and we need to open up that one from fort george that's I, been aging since 2018 it's still <laughs> in my fridge it should be good it, it, should, be it good. should be and actually the fridge in my garage actually died and so no 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 hold on remember okay i was like remember it's cold it's cold it's cold there. so well, I haven't been holding it at uh, 34 degrees. I've been holding it at 60 degrees, which is probably even better for it. Probably, actually, yeah. So, yeah, it, uh, yeah, my my fridge in my garage became a cellar, uh, where it's just an uh, insulated box. Ah, ah, internal temp. Oh, you're over here. Open your screen, bro. Uh, I did. 
Is the back open? Okay. Okay. Yeah, the back's open. And, you know, okay, well, fine. I'll turn the heater off. Maybe maybe that's it. Because <laughs> it is right next to the heater blower. Well, we have like a minute left. So, Sato 3. Well, all right. Well, whatever. You know. Um, <laughs> it dies again. I'll just die. Yeah, I know. It's just dying. Oh, it, it doesn't. It doesn't feel hot. Yeah. That's weird. Now, uh, so when... a lot of Sony cameras will overheat. Uh, you're on, what, the A6400? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, a lot of them do overheat eventually. Um, my, I have an A7 IV, uh, and it's full frame. Nice. If I leave the screen closed, it will give notices of overheating, but I, I, they raise the temperature limit on the A7 IV. And so it'll let you know that it's overheating, but it won't actually you know turn itself do. off. Ah, you know what I'll do? I'll just open the door. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Last minute and then get it cooler in here. And maybe that'll work for the last minute we have. Uh, while I'm asking, Craft Computing, have you ever had, oh, uh, Omgang Three Philosophers? I believe we have. Yeah, we've had. Uh, uh, yes. I don't know if we've had it on the show, but I've, 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 I've had. Well, I think one. both of us. Have. Yes, actually. Yeah. Yes, I fully recognize that label. Yes, I've had that one. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. Qu uh, uh, quadruple. Yes. Yeah, it's a quad ale. I oh, do recognize that one. Loot. Oh, there it goes. Cool. Uh, but yeah, the, the network Flix password thing, really dumb. Uh, there's a lot of stuff they're saying. Um, they're stating that, and I don't know, I actually, I kind of, because I read two different articles, uh, but they were hinting at a possibility of if you are traveling, we'll give you a seven day temporary code. Um, a lot of the stuff that was rumored recently made it sound like whoever was the account admin had to have more administrative rights and usage and would be more of an admin constantly sending out these codes constantly approving right. a possibility of having to approve your own house uh and your accounts every 31 days even if you were home right um there's been a lot of rumors going up and down some stuff was posted on the net uh netflix um site and then it was taken away so yep and, it, it, and again, I think the, the reason for this, John, I don't know if you had your headphones in while I was talking about this. Um, I don't think Netflix wants to enforce this. I think this is entirely the movie studios going, every single oh, household yeah. that plays our movies has to be licensed through Netflix to be able to play those movies. Because Netflix only cares as long as they get a subscriber out of every five. Um, as most businesses do, most of these businesses are like, if we can get someone to click yes and pay us $8 a month, we're good. And the movie studios are like, no, we need a license for every single household that this account ever logs into. And, and you're not allowed to share it with your parents who only watch two movies a month, but dang it, they need to give us the same amount of money too. I think this is where this is coming from. And so I don't know if Netflix is going to fully enforce this or make this a policy and 
make it super easy to go like, no, they log in from this, this IP address like eight times a month. Like they're obviously there. And I don't know how big of a deal this is actually going to be, but I think in the next month, I may be making a new video for how to download Linux ISOs through a VPN. So yeah. watch out for that. You got to get every, it's like Pokemon. You got to catch every distro. <laughs> yep, yep. Cool, cool. Novella says, launching Plex instead. Yep. Yes, with all of my, I own, I have purchased all of those. I movies. did rip my entire DVD library. So <laughs> it's not like I didn't pay for some of it. <laughs> and that'll do it for today's episode right. <laughs> the censors don't watch this far in are you kidding me <laughs> i know they watched the first five minutes yeah but, all right they didn't say us oh they're just drinking we're cool uh i mean yeah. i didn't swear until the 145 mark so there we go yeah we're fine anyway this has been episode 270 of talking heads make sure to watch us every wednesday night at 6 p.m. Pacific time for the latest in beer and tech news right here on YouTube. Follow me on Mastodon at Craft Computing at HostX.Social for daily shenanigans like this. Uh, and if you like the content you see on this channel and want to help support me in what I do, consider joining the Patreon. Link is down in the video description. As a bonus, you'll get exclusive access to the Discord server where you can join myself and the other hosts from Talking Heads and the whole awesome community that hangs out over there and also pays me at least a dollar. Uh, John, any good of the order before we close? Uh, no, I got uh, probably a new video coming up Monday. It's taking a little bit longer than editing, but other than that, uh, no, check out uh, if you like a little bit more of the beer content of this channel, uh, just beer reviews at the end of his videos. Um, I do a lot of that type of stuff. So go check that out. Hops and brews. Yeah. Yeah. He does PC builds after he's drunk. I do PC builds while I'm getting <laughs> drunk. So <laughs> there you go. There All you right. go. Now that's an idea. <laughs> <laughs> the build for today is an I7 1390K. Uh, what is this? Oh, why does it say Ryzen? Whatever. <laughs> This'll work. What are all these pins on the back? Oh, well. <laughs> all right. Oh, it's to comb my hair. Yeah. Oh, yes. By the way, your hair is looking quite nice tonight. Oh, thank you. There thank you go. You. Uh, anyway, this has been Talking Ed's 270. Thank you all for watching. And as always, we'll see.